Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Hey everybody, this is Marnie. Welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends, and I'm excited to share with you this afternoon eight ways to grow your radio show listenership to wow with special guest Frankie Picasso of thegoodradionetwork.com. During the next hour, you are going to discover how to create a show worth listening to, featuring eight ways to grow your listenership to wow. During this hour, you'll hear five easy steps to starting your own successful radio show, the secret to getting famous guests, how to make your show look and sound memorable on a budget, how to improve your growth rate with one simple rule, the eight questions you must ask yourself before, during, and after going on the air, what you need to consider in the live versus download debate, five critical steps necessary to creating a large radio audience, and seven important reasons to establish yourself as a radio host. Our guest today, Frankie Picasso, is the founder and host of The Good Radio Network, an author, artist, intuitive therapist, and coach, plus an advocate for a socially conscious planet. You can learn more about her over at thegoodradionetwork.com. We welcome to you, Frankie. Hi, Marnie. So happy to be here. How exciting is this? <laughs> I know. We've been looking forward to this for quite a long time. <laughs> so really fun that this day finally came. Finally came. And I have my notebook at hand. I'm going to start taking notes like crazy. So when did you become a radio show host? I think I became a show host in 2007. That was probably the first time I started a show. In okay. 2007. Yep. And what what drew you personally to it in the first place? Oh, Marnie, I was nine years old, and I sent away for the National Institute of Broadcasting Records. For some reason, I uh-huh. always wanted to be on the radio. And I didn't Aww. get on the radio for, you know, another maybe uh, 40-some-odd years. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe in 2007 you were nine years old, but that isn't the case. <laughs> You're so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so awesome. So you always kind of dreamt of doing this. I did. I always wanted to do it. And then I think it was around, you know, the 2007 mark, I, I was a, a, I'm a coach, and I was teaching coaching. And one of my students, oh, and it was like just New Year's, and I was doing my resolution. I go, this is the year I'm going to be on the radio. Somebody had said, you're kind of like Delilah. You should have a radio show. I go, Delilah, I haven't heard her of her, but okay, cool. So I, looked, I, I went to listen and looked at her. And I go, yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I definitely want to be like Delilah. And I started, you know. Anyway, so this guy called, wrote to me and said, I, I'm starting a radio station for coaches. Would you like to come on our show? Would you like oh to partner? Goodness. And I'm like, Absolutely. Two weeks after I wrote, you know, my manifest list, I want to be on the radio. Is that great? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So he contacts me and I go, yes. And we called it Coach of the Airwaves. Now, Hmm. that was before it was like really easy to get on the radio and it was very, very technical. So we got a whole bunch of coaches signed up, but nobody actually got on the radio because they couldn't figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's awesome story. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's one thing to have the idea, right? And it's another thing to actually pull it off. (laughs) Wow. I'm an engineer. I really did. So I contacted Blog Talk and I said, listen, I've got all these coaches who want to go on the radio. Can we make it happen for them? And they said, yeah. And so, you know, those that wanted to did get on the radio, but mostly they were too afraid to start. Hmm. And that's, Hmm. that's, you know, how it is sometimes. 
Well, and it is a it's a pretty big commitment. I mean, it's not the biggest one you'll ever make, but it's a big commitment and it's it's definitely out there. I mean, you're definitely putting yourself out in front of people. It's not the kind of thing you do in private. <laughs> so <laughs> Well, Frankie, why don't you dive right in and give us the five easy steps to starting your own successful radio show now that we're not in 2007 anymore? <laughs> okay. Well, I think the first thing is choose a theme that you're passionate about. You know, you have to really be passionate about radio and about what it is that you have to say because you're going to have a voice. Choose a station that fits your budget. Purchase a domain name with the title of your show, a blog with your same name, and set up all of your social uh, media with the same name because you've got to get ready. Um, and then invite guests, invite people who you want on your show. And then start your show. <laughs> it's pretty much that easy. Choose a wow. theme. Wow. Be passionate yep. about it. You know, get your station, choose your domain name, and boom, you got a show. Okay. So, like, when you and I were starting, because I started in 2009, you know, we didn't have a ton of choices. Like you said, there weren't just, you know, now there's so many choices. Oh, so many. Yes. Yeah. But, and, and, you know, and, you know there's just... Right? Go ahead. Some to fit every budget. Right. And it it doesn't necessarily even have to be a radio show. It could be a podcast instead. So, you know, there's really a lot of choices here. And we're going to kind of touch on this some more as we go through the hour. But but one of the things that people ask me, and uh, you have it on your list of things here that you wanted to talk to us about today. So let's go ahead and talk about, you know, how do you find guests? And especially how do you find the guests that are going to really attract the audience that you're trying to get the attention of? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, I write to literary agents and publishers uh, because I know I like authors, and especially authors who um, it, more more in the self-help or bios or things like that, not necessarily fiction authors. So nonfiction authors, and uh, if I read the newspaper or I watch TV or I see somebody on Facebook that goes, oh, my God, I love what they're doing, and it's like, I love what they're doing, then I reach out to them, and I reach out to them either via their literary agent, go to their website, find their media person, um, try to find them on LinkedIn, see if I have any friends in common with them, uh, you know, just any which way I can find them. I write to them and I say, hi, you know what, my name is, and I've got a radio show, and I would love for you to be my guest. What do you say? And nine times out of ten, they say yes. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's surprising. I remember I did a I did a show one time and I was interviewing a DJ from Australia and he was um talking about how to be a great guest on on a radio show when you're the guest. And he came on the show and even though he's on the air every single day <laughs> for 4 hours. <laughs> he came on and he said I can't even tell you how excited I am to do this interview. <laughs> because honestly, it's not like every day that people get interviewed. When a new book comes out and it's an, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a runaway bestseller or something, that person's actually kind of overwhelmed with interviews for a period of time. But beyond that, it isn't like people are getting interviewed every day, you know, two hours a day. That's just not how it goes down. And so it's an honor to be invited. And even if they have to say no, they're honored that right. you thought of them. So, I, I mean, I, I have to say no. You have to say no to some, too. The schedule just doesn't right. allow or whatever. So if you if you get a no, don't worry about it. Just go ahead and pitch it out there again. So one of the things that you really work on is helping um, show producers and show hosts to actually have a look, a show look that attracts attention and is memorable but doesn't break the bank. So what are some of your strategies for accomplishing that? 
Oh, well, I use Fiverr. I love Fiverr. Oh, me and, too. You know, okay, you? wait, wait, wait. So okay, I, so for you guys who don't know what Fiverr is, it's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And they do what they call gigs. And the gigs run typically about five bucks. But if it's a major production, it's 25 mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. But anyway, it's $5 increments. And you can do incredible. I mean, I've had entire videos made for $5. Exactly. You, right. For five I mean, bucks. videos typically cost hundreds of dollars. And so it's, it's truly astounding. So, okay, tell us more about Fiverr. Yeah, so I use Fiverr, and I figure, hey, it's five bucks. If, if I don't like it, it's only five bucks. But generally speaking, if I go to um, somebody who does logos, let's say, or the look for your show, you explain what your, you know, what your show is and what you're trying, to, who you're trying to attract, and usually you'll get the the design back, and and it's not quite right, and you go, no, but you know, let's tweak it, let's do this, and they're very happy because they usually always want a good rating. Please give me a five uh-huh. star if I get it right for you. Absolutely, right. no problem. So you. Nine times out of ten, you get it, and and you love it. If you don't love it, it's five bucks. Go to somebody else, and then eventually you find somebody who's very good and you like, and you kind of stick with them. And that's for your WordPress blog. If you don't know how to do it yourself, they can do a blog for you. They can set up your Twitter page or the header so it looks really professional. They can set up your social media, your Facebook site if you don't know how to do it. I mean, they will do anything for five dollars on Fiverr. Yes, I, I just- have. I had more professional, yes. but I also go to Fiverr. Right. And what I've done is if I if I really feel insecure about it, let's say a logo, and I feel mm-hmm. insecure about it, like, okay, those are five bucks, and I don't know if they're going to get it right. I just pitch three of them at once. Okay, yes. so now I'm way up to $15. <laughs> yeah. And Ooh. somebody's going to give me an idea back that at least gets me going in the right direction. You know, so I have paid up to $450 for a logo. Exactly, exactly. And and they're not, you know what, if you look at my page, tell me which one I paid the most money for and which Ah, one I paid $5 for. Right, can't tell, (laughs) right, can't tell, can't tell. No, and and it's not that you shouldn't, when when you have, you know, I recently paid somebody I know very well a couple hundred dollars for a logo and they did a great job. I love it. Every time I look at the logo, Mm -hmm. I love it. So it's not like we shouldn't do that. But there are times when the budget just doesn't allow it, when it, when you don't feel like you're, you know, helping somebody that you love, but that you're really just, you know, spending the money, then, then Fiverr is a great way. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, there's more things than just logos. Um, they can, they'll actually make radio commercials for you. Yep. Uh, wow. Videos. They even make that little kind of videos where it's the little sketch pad thing and somebody's talking. I mean, for $5. Those are great. <laughs> I know, for $5. And you do need to get, um, you know, you need to get your, your radio sweep. That's, you know, your intro, your outros done. I don't do mine in Fiverr, but I could do it in Fiverr. And I know people who do do it in Fiverr. So, and I've had one guy do a fantastic commercial. He got a girl to do it with him, and it was absolutely amazing for $5. So, very talented people. I'm on Fiverr. I've got gigs on Fiverr. You know, I do stuff. So it's it's a great um, resource for you. The only thing you need to be careful of is royalties. If you're going to be using something with music, make sure that, A, you've got the royalty for it or your radio station might that royalty for you. Some do. So that's something that you have to be very careful about using somebody else's music without permission. Yeah, for sure. Yep, for or sure. for license. And sometimes the artist will have music that they've already got the um, right. royalties for, too. But especially um, YouTube will catch you in a heartbeat. If they think that you've um, 
used music that doesn't that you don't own they'll take down your video and so you need to have some kind of proof so that's what i just always just make sure i have the proof that i own the music or that the person i worked with owned the music uh, so that when they take it down i can say no really i own this <laughs> so, right exactly yeah cool exactly. well well before we take a little break i'm curious how you how you find Fiverr to be. I've never talked to anyone that I knew who had gigs on Fiverr. I've only just used it as a as a client. Um, so how, how have you found it to be and what is it useful for for you? You know what? I'm very busy on Fiverr. <laughs> I am. Uh, as a coach, I, I, if I call it my pro bono coaching. So I'll go on there because people can't afford my regular rate. And um, they can ask me a question about coaching. They can ask me. I have a, I have, so I have a coaching gig. I have, and I'm actually helping somebody get their PhD right now. I have oh a, <laughs> um, from overseas. I have um, a gig about relationships. So if you're having a problem with a relationship and you have a relationship, you know, specific to that, I, I have a gig on there for that. Um, I actually do. Uh, I talk to animals. And so I have a gig on there about animal uh, communication. Yeah. And it's, I'm busy. It's fun. And it adds up very quickly. <laughs> That's <I'm> awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with our guest, Frankie Picasso. Where you want to find her online is thegoodradionetwork.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to improve your growth weight rate with a simple rule and then eight questions you need to ask before, during, and after you go on the air. We'll be right back. All right, you guys, we get to do our speaker focus of the week, which is going to be Lynette Appling, our speaker from Waldorf, Maryland. She is one of the 1,000, I think, 157 speakers over at womenspeakers.com today. And all these gals are available to speak for your groups. They're all over the country. Just start searching by your state or location and go from there. You'll find some great speakers located really close to you, which saves, of course, in uh, travel expense. Or else you can expand your search farther out and search by topics or denomination or fee range or whatever you want it's all available to you over at womenspeakers.com that's womenspeakers.com and welcome back to you frankie let's go ahead and talk about how to improve um your growth rate of your radio show and you have a simple rule actually that you use to do that and i'm dying to hear what that is <laughs> be impeccable it really is that easy. Mm. Respect your guest. And I really mean that. Respect your guest. Especially if you have a guest who's an author, read their book. Many mm. guests get multiple shows a week, and nothing is more boring for them than to have somebody say, send me your 10 questions, and they're just asked those same questions over and over and over. I cannot tell you how many times my guests are on Twitter going, the best interview I ever had, it was so fantastic. And they've uh, been tweeting it 20, 30, 50 times because it was so exciting for them that I actually read their book. I researched them as a journalist. I went and I researched more than just their book. And I was able to, to, to take them by the hand, take them through their life, take them through their book, knew more stories than other people did. And they're just so excited when it happens for them. And then they really help you grow your show because they're out there selling you as interviewer oh that's awesome and that's you know 
it seems like, okay, that should be kind of obvious, but it isn't really obvious, is it's it? It's not obvious at all. <laughs> at all. No, it's really not. And, you know, Marnie, I have to tell you, I was I was asked to be a guest on a show, and the person never sent me anything. They they, they just said, you know, you're coming on this day. I had to ask them for absolutely every, what what show is this? What What's your phone number? How do I get on your show? Tell me, you know, what do you need from me? They didn't ask me for anything. How are they going to interview me? You know, mm. it was very frustrating. In the end, we didn't go through the interview because I didn't feel safe in their hands. I, I felt like this was going to be a waste of my time because they weren't interested enough in me to reach out to me and, and help me, you know, be hmm. on their show. Interesting. And, you know, as a show host, and I've been guest on other shows too, but as a mm-hmm. show host, I sometimes find that I have the reverse situation where the guest, it's like pulling teeth to get anything mm-hmm. from the guest. Can you send me a bio? Can you send me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and then you feel like it's the same way, the other way around. You feel unsafe. You're like, wow, if you can't even communicate with me before the before the interview how do I think you're going to communicate on the interview so I love you interested yeah right 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 and I was listening to somebody um and I can't remember who it was um uh it was really um a big name interviewer the couple weeks ago I'm sorry that I can't remember his name but he was saying that he actually sometimes cancels interviews that he's going to do and he pre-records but he cancels them if he just doesn't have the passion for it he's like I'm not going to waste this person's time I'm not going to waste my time and I'm not going to waste my audience's time if I'm just going to come on here and pretend like I'm interested either this is going to intrigue me or I'm not going to do it and it's a really good standard because you can hear the difference in somebody's voice You, you know those vibes come across and if you don't care well why should anybody else care Exactly. And, and I think that, that, you know, is a really good segue into the next <laughs> question. Great. Yeah. 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 Just dive right in because we're going to do eight questions that you need to ask yourself before, during and after going on the air. I, lo- I love this. And, and I think what it is, it really, you know, reads into what you just said was, am I presenting to the audience as my own character brand? So you need to know, be clear who you are, what your show is about. Are you presenting as your own character brand? Are you being, you know, authentic to yourself? Who is my listening audience? And and why do they want to listen to me? And you have to ask yourself, do they want to learn something from me, like on Marnie's show here? Do they want to be entertained, like on my show? Do they want to be comforted? Maybe it's all of the above. And did I give it to them? Hmm. Important questions. Am I using my voice to convey emotion, excitement, fear, sadness, joy, being monotone is so boring. People will bring you out. <laughs> hey, hey, before you keep going, because I'm kind of this crazy listy person. So I, I caught number one was, am I my own brand? Was Were the other things underneath that one or were they numbers yeah, two and three were. and four? Number two. They, Sorry, number two is, is my, you know, who is my listening audience and why are they listening to me? Okay, and why, yeah. Yep. Number three, okay. am I using my voice? to convey emotion. So am I modulating? Am, you know, am I interesting to listen to? People will tune you out if you're not, no matter how good your show is. You know, and then there's these rare, which is, which is about number one and two, but there's these rare people who have terrible, you would never imagine that they could succeed in sports radio or radio, whatever, but they do. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But I think it's once again going back to your brand. Who truly are you? 
And if you are the person who is monotone and, you know, a very low-key monotone, you know, you might want to do your show at 11 midnight or something <laughs> when people are really calm and quiet. You may have a different time of day than the drive home when you're trying to keep them away into traffic jams. <laughs> keep them but, away. You know, a, trick, a trick I used, you know, early on was you stand up. If you're tired, you stand up and you put a smile on your face because when you smile – that comes through on your voice. So the smile is huge. I mean, I know a lot of I know a lot of um, hosts that actually have a mirror right in front of them, <laughs> so they just yeah. don't forget to smile. And one of the things that I learned, even when I was um, just learning how to do way back, learning how to do teleconferences, was to write down what you want your outcomes to be. And one of mine is I want to laugh at least three or four times during this interview. I don't okay. want it to just be information for the sake of information i want us all to have fun including me i want the guests to have fun and i want the audience to have fun cool okay what's number four have i introduced what we're going to do and what to expect you are a perfect example you did that right at the top of the show you told people what was going to happen what they were going to learn today and what they could expect you know to hear from me have and have i closed with what we learned or enjoyed so did we remind the listener of our value Hmm. You know what? I don't do that at the end, and that's something that I can um, that I can definitely do because I I love that. And you know, I used to not do that list at the beginning, mm-hmm. but I'm the kind of person when oh, Frankie, I just have to do my little soapbox pet peeve right here. It's yeah, those okay. videos that you go online and you click through to watch the video, and mm-hmm. a it doesn't tell you how long the video is, right. and b it doesn't tell you what they're going to tell you in the video. They just expect you to sit there endlessly <laughs> right. to see if they might say something interesting. And, and after end, I watch they don't tell you anything. <laughs> I know, at the end they're like, so if you want to know it, you have to buy it. So yeah. I decided after watching a couple of those, I thought, you know what? I want my listeners to know in the first minute, is this right. where I want to be for the next hour or not? You know what? And then if they if they don't want to be here, great, because it isn't the right content for them. But if it's the right content, if it intrigues them, if it sparks their interest, guess what? They're probably going to stay for the whole hour unless exactly. I fail at number one or two and I'm boring or, you know, putting and on a not, show. Because or we can all hear the smile in your voice. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. No, we really That's can't. awesome. Okay. So have I, um, have I introed it with what to expect? Yeah. And, and then and have I told them the value? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reminding yeah. them of the value that they just got. Yeah. And you do that through your show. So you do it very, very well. Not to worry. Number five, it, it goes into yours. Am I enjoying myself? Is my mm-hmm. guest yeah. enjoying? Are we having fun? Because if we're having fun, the audience is going to have fun. They have to. Yeah. It's like sitting with girlfriends. You know, they're going to have a good time and <laughs> learn in the process. You know, I, I interview a lot of public speakers on this show because I host womenspeakers.com. And so a lot of, and, and of course, they have wonderful content to share. But what I find a lot of times is with speakers, they really want to dominate um, because they're used to giving a talk, standing up in front and just talking for 40 minutes or 90 minutes or however long. And so radio is such a different game than that it's mm-hmm. really a ping pong game and if you just won't ever let the person pong and you're just ping 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 the whole time even if you're engaging it's hard to keep listenership because people really want you to have a conversation they want it to be uh, more they than just do. a monologue 
They do. And if you are thinking about being a host, this is a very important part that, point that Marnie just said, because Marnie is the host of the show. This is her show. She's invited a guest on, which is great, but it's still her show. And so she needs to talk more than her guest, <laughs> or at least as much of her, as her guest. As much as she's listening, she's learning, she's talking, because it's her show. It's her brand. She's the expert here. Or I the think guest. the other... Right. I think the other side of that, too, is as a guest, if you remember that your listeners, as you're talking, you're generating questions in their mind and the host has the opportunity to come back around. If they're, you know, if they're if they're engaged again, like we were talking, they come back around and they ask the very question that the listener was thinking. Okay, so let's go back to the. Yeah, the Fiverr, the Fiverr conversation. Okay, so we're just going to move right past Fiverr, except that you're on Fiverr. Well, what, you know, how does it feel to be a Fiverr provider? Because I've often wondered, am I ripping these people off? Do they like it? You know, I mean, it, $5, you know. I know, it's $5. Just, <laughs> but you know, $5 but you, adds up. You'd be surprised. And you actually are enjoying it. I can tell. I can yeah. tell you really are. And I feel like that with them, with my providers too, that they are really having fun. The other thing I love that Fiverr did recently, since we're back on that, is is they let you give a tip and you can like for five yes. extra bucks, you can actually pay the person a one hundred percent tip. And that feels really good. <laughs> it does. And I got I get them. I get those tips and it always I bet feels you really do. good. You know, sometimes it only takes me like five minutes to do what I need to do on there. So, you know, a dollar a minute isn't such a bad deal. Right. Awesome. But like I said, you know what? It comes from my heart, and I want to help people who can't afford it. Okay. And that goes back to everything we do. Tip number five is just everything you do, are you enjoying yourself? I mean, that has to be... I mean, every part of every job can't be enjoyable. I mean, I, I, I clean the pet cages at Solutions at our store, and I tell you what, that's not my favorite job. But they're so adorable, you know, that you just talk to them while you're cleaning the pet cage, and you can even have fun cleaning poop. You know, I mean, you really can, you can. <laughs> if you, you decide can. to. <laughs> More fun you know, doing it, your it, interview. It feels right good, though, once you know that they've got a nice clean cage to be in. I know. And there's closure. It's a short job. It just takes a few right. minutes for each cage. You know, I, there's things to you can find to enjoy about everything. It's I even think that when I right? be impeccable with everything well, that you do, that's it. Even when you have a guest who isn't, well, I'll say playing by the rules, you know, who isn't really doing it the way that you hoped. Um, maybe they're doing a little too much self-promotion or they're, you know, mo- monopolizing the time and not having a conversation. Even then, there's things that you can find to it so that you can still find joy and find value in it and if you do uh, sometimes I get comments back after those kind of shows that people really learned a lot or thanks for having that guest you know so you can't just rule it out just because it isn't going perfect yeah okay what's our number six was my sound quality the best it can be no Mm. one wants to list a crappy sounding radio show no matter how great your content is a you know we talked about the monotone but the crackling in the line the bad phone line the barking dog the people in the background watching tv echoes make sure that your guest is in a quiet place not driving in their car so you hear the wind you know i mean i've had a guest and even though, and I know that you do this too, Marty, even though you ask them, please be on a landline or be on, you know, headset or whatever, my guest came on standing on a street corner and thought that oh, was wow. okay. That wasn't okay. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that they, that they wanted to join me, but I specifically asked them 20 times to please be in a quiet place or on a landline or, mm-hmm. you know, on Skype or something, and then they were on a street corner. You know what? I really want you as my guest, but I don't want you that bad that my that my listeners, who I work hard to get, have to listen to that. 
And I do. That's part of being, you know, a good host. You know, and just as a, you know, as a future radio guest, and all of you who are listening, if you're thinking of having your own show, you're also, you've either been on people's shows or you want to, obviously you want to be on the air, so you've probably been on shows or you're going to be. When you think about how it used to be is the only way to do radio was in a studio. That was the only way. So your goal as the guest then is to make it sound as close to that as possible. And as a host, of course, that's going to be what you're going to go for. I have to tell you, Frankie, just, just last week, I actually hired a, um, a podcast guru to help us with our sound because I'd been struggling here at Blog Talk Radio to get the sound mm-hmm. just right. And we came, we did some testing, we got it so that this sounds great now. But when you have a problem, there are people who can help you and you have to take the time, invest in it and get the right sound. I just so agree with you. And I love, I love that our sound's great today. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Win! <laughs> oh, okay, what's number seven? Okay, well, we touched on that briefly. Did I make my guests feel comfortable from the instructions that I gave them to aiding them along during the show? Uh, you know, last week I had to help a guest of mine. She was 75 years old. She wanted to come mm-hmm. on using Skype, but she didn't know how to use it. So I took my time, and, I, and you know, I got her on the phone, and I got her on Skype, and, and I taught her. That made her feel comfortable. She wanted, to, you know, she really wanted to learn it. She, she, she couldn't understand why she couldn't. And really, it was like, pick up, you know, hit the green button, and she did. She goes, that's it? I go, that was it. She had so much angst for a week over this. And then it was like, Aww. oh, I just hit the green button, and that's it, you know? But <laughs> that's it, you know? She yeah. wanted to be sure that she could speak on the show properly. She wanted to be sure that she knew how to answer the call. So, you know, it took a moment, really. It was nothing for me to do it, because I, I really wanted her on the show. She was a wonderful guest. Um, but... You know, you do that for your guests and, and make sure that they, they are comfortable and you'll have a better show. And I think I think you just have to, again, go back to who you are and, and, and do it your way. I have a friend who's a, a show host um, on, a, on a Christian radio station. Uh, a, what do you call them? The land, land stations. I can't remember what you call them now. Anyway, they have oh, a name. Oh, radio. Yeah, radio. And, um, and she, she actually spends 60 to 90 minutes with each of her guests before they hit her show which astounds me. I was like, wow, I have so much time. <laughs> I know, right? But she does. She, makes, she has Facebook conversations with them. And by the oh, time my. her guests get on the show, they're best friends. And you can hear that. When mm-hmm. you're listening to her conversations, she's really talking to her best friends all the time. And nice. so that is who she is. That's her show. And that's her commitment. And so I think you just have to step back and say, what can I do? What do I want to do and what should I do to make this work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. But either which way, make your guests feel comfortable. That's, that is pretty important. Unless they're really a pro, if you don't do that, it's going to be a pretty shaky show. Right. And, you know, some people aren't very verbose. They don't talk. They go, you say, and, and was that, you know, what did you do? And, and they go, I, I went to a start. And that's it. They don't elaborate. They don't say, so you have to be prepared to be able to drag them along, right? Make them look good. That's your job, to make your guests look good. Yeah, yeah, love that. Okay, what's number eight? So the last thing I might ask myself is, do I need to monetize my show? And if so, because maybe I, I need the money and I'm paying a lot of money, um, how will I get sponsors or advertisers? And, and that could just be, you know, an important thing that you, you need to know before you get on air. But it's something mm. that I would ask myself, do I need to monetize it? 
Great. Are we going to talk about that when we keep going here? Does that come up again or not really? I'm not really sure, but you can ask about it if you like. Yeah. Okay, so maybe we'll uh, touch on this when we come back from break just a little bit before we move on sure. to the next point. And after break, we're going to talk about uh, what you need to consider in the live versus download debate, as well as we'll start into the five critical steps necessary to creating a large radio audience. We'll be right back. Okay, it's time for what's coming next here over at Marnie.com. Uh, first of all, this coming Tuesday on February 23rd, 2016, we're doing the 2016 Mission Vision Boot Camp. That's live online, and you can learn all about that at Marnie.com. Do this live once a year, and then it's archived, and so you can catch it later. If you can't be there live, you can always get the archive later in the membership zone. Uh, next week's show is Influencing Lives, Writing and Speaking on a Shoestring Budget, so you won't want to miss that. And then, of course, our uh, March 21-day win starts on Wednesday, March 2nd. So you want to check all those out over at Marnie.com and join us for whatever makes sense for you. Frankie, welcome back. I'm excited to talk about this subject. There's so many people who want to start either a show or a podcast. Maybe they want to start a blog. Um, and there's just so many questions that go in that. I don't think it's on our list, but I do want to just take maybe three or five minutes here and talk about the monetizing side of it because that's that's pretty key. Um, a lot of people don't want to start without understanding that component. So, And I I actually haven't monetized my show at all except mm-hmm. for just that it's um, it's you know, sponsored by my own sites. And so that's what I've chosen to do at this point. But since you have, since you know this, let's just pick your brain on that just a little bit. First of all, maybe tell us on a scale of one to 10, how hard it is to monetize a show. Well, it's not really that difficult. Um, There's different ways to do it. And, and, you know, you can do it like terrestrial radio does it, and you can sell impressions to corporations who are used to buying advertising. So it might be that they pay per thousand impressions and impressions could be a download. So they might pay, you know, for that. You can sell, if you have an hour show like you do, you could sell 30 second, four 30 second or three 30 second um, spots during your show. And you can look up the rate card for, there's not a set rate card, but there, there, you know, you might get, you know, $300 for 30 seconds depends on how many downloads your show gets. So it really is dependent upon how many listeners that you have. Um, You might go to Kickstarter. You might try to crowdfund your show. And and then you've got, you know, your own sponsor. You are your own sponsor. Um, Local people, local businesses, if you're international, because, you know, on a podcast or on a, a blog talk, anybody can listen to you from anywhere in the world. So you could think international. Look at, you know, who are you? What is your brand? Who buys that brand? Um, and look at other people that advertise to that brand. And then you could go after those people or people like those people. Uh, you know, so so if you have a Westinghouse, let's say, you know, women 55 who drink coffee, <laughs> I'm just throwing something out there, um, then right. you might look at, <laughs> at other other coffee companies who might like to advertise and call them and say, hey, you know what, I know they advertise to this really big show. I've got a fairly big show where i got – a no big show, um, but maybe you'd like to come on my show and advertise at my show for $25 a week or sure. whatever. You know, you set your own price, but 
be reasonable. If you've never been on radio and you don't have, you know, big downloads, you're not going to be able to charge big money. That's understandable. But as you grow and you've got listeners, there is, you have a product. You have a really, you know, good product um, that you can sell for sponsorship and or advertising. And they're different. Now, did you learn how to do this kind of on your own, just trial and error, or did you um, take a course or have a consultant, or no, what did you do? No, trial and error. <laughs> okay, all right. Trial and yep. error. But, but, you know, like I said, I'm a researcher. I like to research. I like to look things up, and I look up terrestrial. Because sure. I used to buy ads on terrestrial radio in my old life as a kickboxing promoter. Um, okay. You know, we would spend twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300 for uh, maybe like a 10-second ad, right? Like they would say it on the radio so quickly, and then it was gone. But the value in podcasting, the value in, in you know, yeah. this kind of radio, internet radio, is that the show lives on and on and on. So yeah. even if they're buying a 30-second spot on a live show, once your show is going to go over to iTunes or wherever else you host it on your website, that show lives forever, and their ad stays there forever. So they're getting great value, great value. You know, for instance, my show, you know, one of my shows might, might have 500,000 downloads. So if you, if you were an advertiser on that one show that had 500,000, who's going to give you that? You couldn't right. purchase that. You know? Right. You couldn't right. afford that. And especially because on a podcast, you can actually rewind and listen to that again if you wanted to. Exactly. Whereas on radio, it's gone. It's really gone. gone. And who is going to call the station and ask for it? You know, I mean, nobody. Maybe so if you were it, driving during the time it went out, maybe you weren't. Yep. Who knows? Yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I love that. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the live versus download debate. And this is, of course, you can, um, our show today is live. But mm -hmm. also have the opportunity to pre-record and to air uh, recording later. Uh, so what, what's your take on it, and how do you suggest that people make a decision? Well, you know, a lot of people, when they first start a radio show, have this angst about, what you know, I want my show on prime time, you know, this prime time debate. I was like that when I first started the show. And then I thought, you know, I'm East Coast versus West Coast. So now my show is at 1 in the afternoon because it's 10 a.m. on Pacific time. It's 6 o'clock p.m. in London. It's, you know, 11 Mountain and, and you know, 12 Central. Right. I, it's a good time. But I don't really care about the live listeners that much because I know that after the fact, I'm going to right. promote my show the heck out of my show, and I'm going to get way more downloads than I'm going to get live listeners because people are at work. So you know what? It really doesn't matter unless you have a you know a call-in show and you really um, you know need that call-in show. Then then it really doesn't matter what time of day or night your show is. You can and if you want a call-in show, you can always you know get ten guests and say okay, call in at this time, and you know that they're going to call in, and you don't worry about it, whatever time your show is. So that is you know one thing to consider, can my guests, I don't want my guests in the Pacific time to have to get up at 6 a.m. to get on my show. That was a consideration yeah, right. I made because I do right. have a lot of authors and a lot of them come from California. Nobody wants to get up at 6. Right. So, you know, I, that was a consideration. Again, I don't worry about the live listeners anymore because I'm going to promote on social media after the fact. Also, you know, you're going to be selling your commercials, you're going to be selling other things, so or your sponsorship, um, live show, they're they're not as interested in how many live listeners because maybe I had ten live listeners and a hundred thousand downloads. That's they're right. way more interested in the impressions. So that's kind of 
you know, we talked about podcasting or, or, or radio. Radio radio is radio while it's live, but it becomes a podcast after the fact, really. Uh, whether I did it from my home or I did it on Blog Talk Radio or I do it on TogiNet, wherever I do it, it's a good radio network. Um, so that is an important consideration. And you don't really have to, I don't think you need to worry about it. Do what's best for you. Do what's best, you know, what you think is best for your guests. And then, you know, you're going to be a happy camper. Because yeah, you're, you're the one that has to fit it into your, into your schedule. You have to have time. You know, if you want to have a good radio show, a successful radio show, make sure that you've got the time to put into the care of it. You're not going to invite, you know, a big wig guest on your show and then go, oh, yeah, I didn't have time to promote it. Sorry. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Happy, right. Yeah. They're going to look for that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, in, in speaking with that, um, I know when I um, hired the coach last week to figure out the sound here, too, he, he looked at my process and he said, you have a super streamlined process and we really do. And you have to look into that. Some programs mm-hmm. are very time consuming. By the time you go through all the steps and all the hoops to make that happen, you know, you've easily got, you know, several hours into each show. And even oh for mine, by the time I'm done, you know, there is there's even several hours into the show by the time I'm done usually. Um, and that's okay. That's all right. It's a, it's a radio show. It's it's a product. It's good to because put some time into radio, it. Is it. Is it, Marnie? I mean, you reached out to your guests with your with your sheet. After the show, right. you're going to do, you know, before the show, you do your write-up. After the show, you do a write-up. It goes on your website. There's a lot of work. However, let me say one more thing. I love live radio. My shows are live because I like yeah. the energy of live. I like going yeah. live, but I don't worry about it. Yeah. And I like live. I like live on Blog Talk Radio. We always have enough guests here to always put us on the front page every week. And so it's really fun, good promotion when you do it live versus when you just upload a upload a MP3 later. So let's go through the five critical steps necessary to create a large radio audience. Know your target market. Know your target market. Know what they want and care about it. Care about it and care about them. Make sure you give it to them. Give them what they are looking for. Advertise mm-hmm. them on all the social media, you know, about what they want and what they care about because that's how you're going to reach them. When you are, you know, Twittering about something or tweeting about something, make sure that it's to the audience that you want to reach. And then step five is repeat it until you have a million downloads. <laughs> so it really <laughs> is know your target, give them what they want, care about what you want, give it to them, advertise to them, in the way that they want, in the way that they can hear it, um, and then repeat. It really is rinse and repeat. Okay, because now I want you to say those again, but I want you to say them slowly because I can't. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I can't quite get Okay, Number so one. know your target market. I, I know love that. Target. Know your target audience. Make sure that you're clear about it, not just pitch into yeah. the whole world yeah. or every girl. Yeah. No, it's much easier yeah. when you pitch to a target. Know okay. what they want and what they care about. You understand that, Marnie. I know you do. Because you reach out to thousands of women, hundreds of thousands of people, and you know what they want. You reach out to Christian yeah. women, you know what they want. Yeah. Give it to them. <laughs> right. So it's it so, so, so easy. They don't want. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to tune in because they're interested in what you have to say. Make sure that yeah, when I'll, you advertise to them on social media, it's about what they want and what they care about. So if if Marnie was going to, you know. Um, tweet about this show today, she's not going to tweet about um, necessarily about Fiverr. She's going to tweet about how to be a radio host because that's the people who are coming on radio want to know, how am I going to be a good radio host? That was her audience. 
So that's who she's going to make sure she tweets to. Right, right. And she's going to repeat that every single week. Repeat, 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 repeat. Yeah, repeat, repeat, repeat. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And make it easy, make it easy for people to find, um, to find the archives. Uh, That was one of the things that I did in the past, maybe 12 or 18 months was added Stitcher. Uh, People were telling me, you know, I hate iTunes. And some people love iTunes, but if you don't have an Apple product, you don't really love iTunes. And they're like, just get it. How come you're not on Stitcher? How come you're not on Stitcher? So once again, I just hired somebody that knew how to do that. We got on Mm -hmm. Stitcher. Oh my goodness. Awesome. So I think, you know, there's ways just, I think this is your the main business, thing, you know? right? The main thing is going back to what um, the number two there. What is it that they want or expect? Give mm-hmm. it to them. So you have to be listening. So when people say, "How come you're not on Stitcher? Can't you get on Stitcher?" and and you know, you ha- I had to hear, hear it several times before I did it. You know, you don't well, just do it with yeah. the first person typically. But if you can listen to what they want and need, it is going to increase your listenership. That's just the bottom line. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so cool. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Frankie Picasso of the Good Radio Network.com. You can learn way more about her over there and about what she has to offer there. We're going to take just one last break and we're going to come back and talk about the seven important reasons to establish yourself as a radio host. Well, one of my favorite things to do is to connect women with other women who need the services they're providing or need what they do. And so that's why I host WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, as well as WomensEvents.info, the only directory of its kind listing all of the major upcoming Christian women's events all over the country. And you can check that out at WomensEvents.info. And if you are an event planner, event coordinator, women's ministry leader, or a business uh, person looking for a Christian woman speaker to speak at your next event, you do want to check out womenspeakers.com. Over 1,000 awesome gals ready to come to you and your event. Everything you need is right there. Connect directly without any middlemen. Have fun. Frankie, Frankie, this hour is flying by. (laughs) It is. Can I say something? Because I just, you know, as, as that ad went by, I thought, perfect opportunity to talk about what we were just talking about. Marnie is is a name already in the Christian women's group. People know her, they trust her uh, through the events, through her online directory. So if she was going to target Christian women who want to be radio hosts, that would be exactly the right brand for her. She knows who they are, she knows what they need, and she's going to advertise to them because she's already doing it in a brilliant way. Why would she go outside of that? She doesn't need to. Mm, right. See, it, yeah. it, it, that's knowing who you, who, you, who you are. And you know what, really, Frankie, my motivation, and maybe some of your listeners haven't heard me say this before. I think it's been a long time since I've said it. My motivation for doing interviews from the very first day was that I want to keep learning. I want to keep mm-hmm. growing. I want to understand what's cutting edge right now. I want to be able to share that with the people that I mentor, and I want to know it for myself first. I want to experience it and know it for myself. And so bringing on guests like you, Frankie, and other guests who are a step ahead of me or 10 steps ahead of me, whatever the case may be, um, it just helps everybody. It helps me, and while I'm learning, you know and how it is, you learn what you can absorb at the stage you're at. 
Right. So every listener is going to take something away from this show than maybe I do. Uh, but my goal also, of course, always is when I have a guest that, you know, the guest enjoys themselves and maybe some value away from themselves. And I have so many tell me that afterwards that they just learned so much, too. And that's honestly the reciprocation that should happen in a show like this. I just love it that it can happen most of the time. Me too. Well, we are coming in for landing here. And we want to go through the seven <laughs> important reasons to establish yourself as a radio host. And this time I'm going to tell you. Start with number one and tell me what number one is because I get confused easily. <laughs> because you love it. <laughs> I do. Do it because you love it. It should be a passion. Mm. You know, don't do it because somebody told you to do it. Do it because you were going to enjoy it. People will know the difference. You have to do it because you love it. It does take, you know, care and feed, as Marnie said. You know, there's a lot of writing to be done. There's a lot of, you know, research to be done. There, there's tweets to be done. And if you can't afford to hire people, you've got to do it yourself. So do it because you love it. Number two, are you ready for that, Marnie? I am. I am ready. Okay. Because it gives you credibility, and it gives you an opportunity to promote the other things that you do. It strengthens your message of your personal brand. Uh, people are able to hear your voice, and that gives you, know, you as a host a personal touch with your audience. And it helps you stand apart from others in your field who don't have a radio show. So it's about credibility and being able to promote who you are love it number three you're gonna love this one it opens doors to so many interesting people that you've never met or that you would not meet otherwise (laughs) it widens your circle of influence and it opens up partnership opportunities and speaking opportunities that you might not ever have had it's a great door opener yeah absolutely um tell us a fun story about this for you What's an example of that? Oh, you know what? I I interviewed Kate Taylor, James Taylor's sister. And Kate Taylor loved her interview so much that she sent uh, me two tickets to go to Boston to see James and Carol uh, Carol King. The best seats in the house. And, you know, she was there with her mom and her daughter, and it was just awesome. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. (laughs) I love that, yeah. Yeah, best time that's, ever. That's great. So it was and really, I, really cool. And my my story was that I was on your show just, uh, I don't know, two months ago, three months ago. Yeah. And yeah. had so much fun in that you get to now come and be on mine. And that's right. this whole, and, and everybody I have on isn't a show host for sure. But um, th- sometimes the most interesting people you meet are through a show that you're on or that you host. And it's just Barney super, blew me super away. Fun. I just couldn't believe how cool she was. <laughs> I, mean, it was uh, I loved it. I loved it. This is a little love yeah. fest going on here today. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Number, number four. This is, this, we just spoke about it. You grow and you learn as a person. It's a great way of strengthening your communication skills. You learn through the books that you read, the research that you do, the writing. You learn to strengthen your skills, and you, and you learn, you know, like Marnie said, what's, what's new? What do I need to know? Because you meet all these really cool and interesting people. Yeah, love that. Love that. Go ahead, five. You help so many people that you may not even be aware of, people who look forward to a cheery voice. I do a lot of advocacy work. I do a lot of advocacy for animals who are, you know, in shelters, animals who are being killed across, you know, whatever, um, what, orphans, people who need food, people who need water. That's my passion. So I get to do the advocacy that I want to do, and I get to help the people that I want to help. 
Mm, I love that. Love that. Number six, um, it can be a really lucrative source of income. Uh, you get to develop another revenue stream through the ability to sell your own products. I'm an author. I like to sell my books. I introduce people to them through, you know, I, I, I don't have a commercial about them, but people get to know me. They go, oh, yeah, you know what, she's pretty smart, or I, I like how she talks, so maybe I'll try her book. Uh, we talked about the advertising commercials or banner ads on your show or banner ads even on your website. Cool. Okay. And and again, if you don't know how to do that, hiring somebody is an option, so you don't have to know every last thing yourself. And I, I think here, like even talking about commercials again, no matter what you don't know how to do yourself, you can hire it out. And actually, Frankie, speaking of commercials, you can hear how I did mine um, yeah. today. This is just a recent change. I Actually, what I did is I went and I listened to 10 of the top podcasts that were in my genre, in my field. And um, I noticed that this is kind of the trend is for the host to do the talking and have there mm-hmm. be a little music. And I thought, you know what, we're just going to give it a try. We're going to just go for it and we're going to see what happens. And so that's another opportunity you have as a show host is to experiment, to run the tests, to see how the numbers turn out, see what right. people prefer. You know, and people do vote. I mean, they vote with their listenership. They vote with their pocketbook. Okay. They do vote. And so you can... Uh, you can definitely And that's not that something. difficult to do in front of your computer. A lot of people have, if you have a Mac, right. boy, GarageBand, boom, you're done, right? You can do yeah. it very, fairly easily. <laughs> um, and YouTube, if you don't know how to do something, go on YouTube. It teaches you everything. I love everything. YouTube how-tos. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know what? I, there's, a, there's a little trick, and I don't know if you do this. Instead of going to search at YouTube, I search on Google. So I search mm-hmm. for what I want to know how to do on Google, and then I type the word YouTube, not YouTube.com, just YouTube, after whatever it is I'm searching for, and I get the best results, the most nice. watched. Nice. And yeah, it's kind of just a little shortcut because YouTube tends to give me like the longer ones, the 60 minutes or 30 minute ones. And I want to learn it in like five minutes, Frankie, because I'm really busy. Me too. Me too. Me too. You are very Okay, what's well, number like seven? Things that you, do. you get free stuff. Free stuff. I get, I get books. Um, you know, I know a host, she got, she got blenders because she, she, you know, she would do commercials and I started to do this too. I would do commercials for people um, or, or organizations or companies of things that I really like. So she did it for the bullet and she, then she reached out to the marketing person on LinkedIn and she said, Oh, by the way, in my show today, I mentioned your bullet and they loved it and they sent her a free bullet. And so you can get a whole bunch of free stuff. It's very cool. <laughs> and 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 this and I asked the same host because she's very successful. I said, you know, just for fun, what what would you know? What is one of the reasons that you establish yourself as a host for? And she said, because I could make fun of my ex. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh boy! Okay, you guys didn't hear that. <laughs> But it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, everybody has their own reason, that's for sure. You know, everybody and I think I think it's it's important to remember that your listeners have their own reason for coming. Everybody has right. their own reason. And if you aren't tuned into that, then they aren't going to come. And that's just how it is. So, oh, my gosh, but this has fun. been so much fun, right? fun. It is. This has been so much fun. Okay. So in about a minute, Frankie, I'm going to have you actually close this show. I'm going to have you do what you taught us to do earlier that I said I don't do. So you said that at the beginning of a show, you should tell your audience why 
they should listen, like what to expect during this hour, what's in it for them. And then at the end, you should review it with value. And I want you to give us a demo of this show as if it were your own show. What, how would you close this show with that value piece? Uh, I just want to hear a demo of it. And in the meantime, you guys, as Frankie's thinking for just a moment, I want to make sure that you know how to get a hold of her. You want to go over to her website, thegoodradionetwork.com. Her name is Frankie Picasso, and that's F-R-A-N-K-I-E. P-I-C-A-S-S-O, Frankie Picasso at thegoodradionetwork.com. Okay, Frankie, you're on. What was the value of this show, and how would you say it to your listening audience? Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> ah, well, did I, I, I totally want to thank yourself. my guest, Frankie Picasso, for coming on and teaching us the five easy steps to starting your own successful radio show. Who should start a radio show? The secrets to getting famous guests how to look and sound memorable on a budget. Remember that fiver. Improve the growth. Remember, be impeccable when you are a host. Make sure that you do what you say you're going to do. The eight questions that you need to ask yourself, have I asked myself those questions? And are you asking yourself those questions right now? Because if you are a host, you want to be a host, you want to make sure that you can answer each and every one. And the live debate, that's up to you. But you can decide. You heard, you heard what the experts had to say. And critical steps, <laughs> how to create a large radio audience. Well, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. <laughs> and, and the last important thing that we talked about was seven important reasons to establish yourself as a radio host. Everything from because you love it to getting free stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed the show today. You will be, have a chance to, to listen to it again and again. <laughs> As, and, as again. A, <laughs> and again, it's a podcast in the very near future, probably in about 30 minutes or so. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So really what you did is you took the intro and then you elaborated. You brought home the, the key bullet points or the key concept from most of them um, as a closure. Love that. That was really great. Thank you for, thank you for demoing that for me. Thank you so much. Thank you oh. so much. You're such a wonderful host. Oh, well, this was really fun. I'm so grateful that you came today, and I'm so grateful that uh, you shared your insider secrets with us, and you guys can learn more about Frankie over at her site. Thanks, Frankie. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Marnie. You take care, and everybody take take lessons from Marnie because she's an amazing host. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. And you guys, thank you for being here. It is so fun to have you come join us live. And then to those of you who listen around the web and on the syndicated stations and in the archives, so grateful to you can't have a show without listeners. So I love you, and I hope you have a wonderful day, too. And I'll visit you over at Marnie.com after the show or after you listen, and we'll see you again next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 